0: Welcome to A Life Lived Backwards, One Man's Life, the accompanying podcast to Larry Ruttman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. Hi there, I'm Jordan Rich with a pretty easy task and a fun one at that. I pose questions to Larry and with that razor sharp memory of his and a great talent for storytelling, well, you just have to settle back and enjoy the ride. Larry, we've talked about a lot of interesting people in Brookline. Many of them are in the public sphere. Many of them are public servants of some kind or another or writers or attorneys. But let's talk about a musician who is rather unique. He's got a unique name and he's got a unique style, Rand Blake.
1: Well, I think Rand is one of the most amazing people on the planet. First of all, he's well known as a pianist and a composer and an educator. Um, Rand uh, now is in his 80s. He's had health problems lately. I just met with him over at his uh, apartment, which is something in itself, um, uh, maybe five or six days ago, and we talked for two hours, um, and I hadn't seen Rand for a long time before that. Lois sees him often because she brings him all sorts of things. Um, Applesauce is one of his favorites, (laughs) and lately she brought him um, something he had never had before, um, the... uh, Jewish delicacy uh, that, you know.
0: I can figure this out. If you give me anything, I can tell you what it some is. Some sort
1: of cheese on the inside. And then we will eat it with sour cream. Blintz. Blintzes. So, Aren't you glad you've got me here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, you. I mean, because you're more Jewish than <laughs> I am. <yeah. laughs> so the, he wrote back immediately. He said, Blintzes are fantastic. Well, anyway, you know, this guy is a—, is a um, uh, the what do they call those genius grants? Um, he's he got a genius grant from the
0: uh, Rhodes Scholar, mix uh, something, uh, MacArthur. Foundation? Yeah, MacArthur. Yeah.
1: Okay. Genius grant. Yeah, you know he's he's well known as a, as a great intellectual, and the reason I say so he's great in his field, but also his line of conversation is so unique. Well, he, first of all, he has a photographic memory. He's a brilliant guy. He's obviously a genius. He's, uh, you know, uh, not only uh, plays music, but he's, as I said, he composes music. So that uh, when you meet him, uh, you realize that he doesn't talk like anybody else. And in order for me to write the last thing I wrote about him, which is for my memoir, uh, I think, um, I I had to try and use that language so everybody Mm. would know what he talked like, but yet render it in a more understandable way. so that. I, but Rand is lovable. I'll tell you how I met him. Um, I wanted to do some different kind of work after uh, I toned down my legal life. And I got in touch with the so-called oral history of American music at Yale University. And a lady by the name of Vivian Perlis, who's well known, ran that. And she asked me to come down to New Haven. I met with her. She was very nice. She said, "I'll give you a couple of people to interview up in Boston that we need," and one of them was uh, Rand Blake. The other one is a uh, is a microtonalist uh, composer uh, who has since passed away. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. You've got me tired here today, but I'll get back to that.
0: Not Gunther Schuller, by any chance? Who? Gunther Schuller? No, no, not Gunther Schuller. Okay. And uh, Gunther Schuller does figure in
1: my in my remarks about. Uh, uh, Ezra Sims is his name. Ah, okay. So not not a, not particularly well-known. But Rand, um, I wanted to meet him before I interviewed him, and I knew that he would be at a concert uh, down at the New England Conservatory of Music, where he's the head of the contemporary improvisation department. So I went down there, and I took a seat, and somebody, I said, w- who's Rand Blake? So there he was sitting, not too far from where I was, and a fellow by the name of Scott Sandvik, S-A-N-D-V-I-K, was uh, doing the uh, the concert. So I, I observed Rand during the first half of the program, and what I saw was a man who obviously was, was reveling in the music that Scott was making, and his eyes were glistening, and it, it struck me that he was loving what his fellow musician was doing. Now, a lot of Premier musicians like Rand Blake are not in love with other musicians who are good because they they don't like that. They're envious. So uh, I said to myself, "This this guy seems like a nice guy." So I met him at intermission, and there's a group of people around, and uh, he was, he was. They all liked him. He liked all of them. They were all musicians, and um, you know he agreed to do the interview, and somebody said to me. Uh, in the conversation I had with a few people there, well, Rand is a guy that that wants to introduce everybody in the world to everybody else. What kind of guy he was? It, it may
0: jump in here because I know of his music, and if you just listen to the art, a lot of it is atonal and dark. It's jazz, right? But it's an interesting take, and the way you describe him, it doesn't sound like the same guy composing that kind of sound.
1: Oh, there is a there is a dark side to Rand's personality, absolutely. I mean, you would you would expect somebody like that to be complex. Yeah. Uh, when he talks about Brookline, for example, he wanted to move here because of something I'll talk about in a little while. But uh, he also and he sees a lot of good in Brookline at that time. When I interviewed him, that was the first time back around 2004. Since then, I interviewed him again, uh, and uh, he's always interesting. Whatever you talk to him about, he's a polymath, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that um, yeah, you could talk about Brookline. It's a wonderful place to walk. You meet a lot of people. It has great people. But maybe we're a little full of ourselves. Maybe we're thinking too much about ourselves. Maybe we're a little too self-absorbed. Um, I can see great things in Brookline. I can see negative things in Brookline. his playing is concerned. Yes, it is jazz, but it also, he's well-educated musically. Um, the in, The contemporary improvisation department um, well, I think it's a very fascinating place. Gunther Schiller was
0: the, the great American... We're, we're talking about the New England Conservatory. Yeah. Right.
1: Gunther Schiller was president of the New England Conservatory back in the 70s and 80s. I think in the 70s, maybe. And he he, he brought... Uh, and he knew Randy and he brought him to the Conservatory to be the head of the Contemporary Improvisation Department. Gunther, of course, was a great... Musician, writer, administrator, you name it. And Gunther Schiller is one of the great figures ever in uh, American music. So, and as a matter of fact, I, this is a good place to say it that um, I think that Gunther Schiller, uh, I, I did, I brought my pad today. I can't possibly remember a quote like this. But I think if I open up the pad, which I'm doing at this very moment, hopefully it'll come up yeah, to the end of the program, uh, the, uh, the end of the article I wrote about RAN for uh, Voices of Brookline, which was mm-hmm. done almost 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. So what I wrote was developing the, that idea of duality— I suggested to Rand that his music-making reflects his love of music and his view of it as an element in the overall arc of life, including history and politics. Rand responded, quote, Yes, I'm not sure I'm thinking that profoundly. Sometimes I see the troops coming out, his reference to the fact that he was caught in the Greek junta and escaped, but he knows that there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. Sometimes I see the troops coming out. There is a dark feeling and maybe a ray of sunshine. I do think as I play of a running commentary, the real version should be enjoyed. I don't always pre-plan. I just see movements of images. That's what I'm doing as a solo pianist not a 40-minute cameo with bright lights. Hmm. Now, I think that if one reads that quote and really reads it again, it, it tells you about the darkness, but it also tells you about the ray of sunshine. Anyway, I was moved to end that story this way. I said, certainly Rand Blake, residing and working amongst us, walking by us, unobtrusively observing every day, observing us every day in Coolidge Corner, is leaving the real version in the warm rays of the sun while being acutely aware of the dark feelings and the troops coming out, very much a profound man and artist of Brookline and the world. Well, I hope I caught it.
0: I think you did, and uh, I- I'm not as aware of his entire career as you are, but uh, he played with some of the greats. He learned from and, and taught some of the greats, and uh, his style is unique. And You've mentioned Rand Blake to a jazz aficionado. They'll sell you. There's nobody like him.
1: In the interview I did for the book that's that I, um, I just, right now, I'm working on to bring to conclusion, and there's so much to bring a book to con- conclusion, uh, photographs and an introduction and indexing. And when it comes to indexing, I chose a very fine indexer who made a good suggestion to make it not just a names index, but to have sub entries on things that they talked about and also sub entries of places and things like that to make it complete because so many of the references in there are uh, to uh, stuff like that. That will make an index so valuable to the reader wanting to go back and look at certain things. So it will be a complete index. I did say to her in Rand's interview, literally, literally, he named about, in his style of speaking, a couple of hundred musicians. A couple of hundred? On and on. You can't believe believe how wonderfully this man speaks. And this is the interview that I— in this book that I tried to render in an understandable way for everybody because in one paragraph that sounds like you just don't get it, I changed enough so that one could realize that in that one paragraph, he took up 10 or 12 different subjects, three or four of them um, having to do with Survival. Uh, what's the word we use when we talk about survival? Uh, that um, makes it a very important word that we use often. Resilience. No, um, it's another word that um, has to do with. Uh, as I go on, uh, but he's his mind is so active that he could name not only all those musicians, but he he can name in one paragraph the the issues in the world today. That concern us, this will really interest you, and I think it will interest people as to what ran is up to and I and Lois and I have provided in our essay plan that these concerts of this type will go on forever um, by uh, setting aside a certain amount of money for that within a month after nine eleven, Rand organized a concert that had in it Anwar Sadat, it was dedicated to Anwar Sadat, Rabin of Israel and New York City and the firefighters and rescue workers. And the reason he did that is because he wanted to bring together all people to be together at a time when the United States was attacked. And um, he also included a, a lot of music, a lot of pieces by performers that were Muslims Mm -hmm. because there was so much anti-Muslimism going on in the country at that time. And um, so that's the concert that he organized. And there were a lot of pieces on it. Some were Israeli pieces, some were Egyptian pieces. Some of the musicians might have been from God knows where. But that is, he wants to introduce everybody everybody to everybody else in the world he tried to bring together in this concert um a, a really group that represented all of humanity and um and he did and it's the kind of concert that one and and every other year, so that con, what we've provided for is a concert of that type and also this will interest you he's a big fan of film noir he loves film noir so that every year they take one film noir, could be Gaslight, whatever, and they build a whole concert around it, all performed by people from the uh, contemporary improv department over at the conservatory, who now is so that that concert was organized by Hank Asnetzky, who's a very fine musician, a klezma player, and now since Rand has stepped down, but still teaches. He and Eden McAdam Summer, who's a wonderful performer, who could be a famous performer, but she prefers her a quieter life. At least up to this point, as an educator, they're the co-chairs of the contemporary improv department. So um, uh, Hank Netsky and she are. They have wonderful people, and I, I, you know, I think that department is sort of. Not pushed aside, but it's not like classical music altogether.
0: No, it isn't. It's not as respected by many in some circles. I will say this: Rand Blake's music does sound so cinematic. In many oh, cases. Oh,
1: that's interesting that you say. Yeah,
0: no, I've listened to some of his compositions, and they sound very much like the soundtrack to a, like you say, a film noir. He
1: has a whole. He has all the film noirs mm-hmm. in his apartment. Let me tell you, his apartment is He lives in a downstairs in the basement of an, he has an apartment in the basement of a building that's three or four stories high and all the neighbors bring him food like Lois brings him food and uh, he and he's got a he's got a cat dektor d e k t o r now this is an unusual looking cat with big whispers and a sort of a pushed in face who's a very gentle cat his apartment is small but in the main room, he has this huge grand piano. Mm-hmm. And that's where he teaches people. And the rest of the apartment, up on the walls, filled with musical stuff, including all the, and, and film noirs. So that's fascinating. And then there's a little kitchen and his bedroom. Um, so, uh, and there's pictures. And um, so uh, he, he's a very unusual person. Now, So this was all born— from Gunther Schiller's idea of of a department of improvisation and then bringing the right people there, ran followed by Eden, who's a wonderful person who went over to Kabul. did I tell you that to oh. to uh, take care of kids over there before she had children before she was married? Hmm. And she performed all over the country, great uh, great classical performer on the violin dances while she plays, sings. I mean, she's a great person. And um, so the, her, the the students over there love their teachers. They love Rand. Uh, there's a guy over there who's Eden's husband, um, Aaron, um, and uh, Aaron Hartley, who plays the trombone, who takes care of Rand like a, a loving son. He's over there all the time. He took him to the doctors that finally have found something that will allow Rand more years. And he wrote a medical report to all the people, what the doctors had found. I mean, when I saw Aaron that day, I spoke with, with Rand a couple of days. Aaron was there and took part in the conversation. I said, Aaron, I said, well, why didn't you go to medical school? I never read anything. Like he went on for five or six pages That's telling amazing. him he went here, but they didn't help him. went here, they didn't help him. But finally, they found out exactly what was wrong with them and good news and blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, with all these legal, uh, all these medical uh, expressions so that um, oh. they're, they're great people. And, and, you know, what we've decided to do is that instead of leaving uh, – this is apart from the conscience – instead of leaving money all, uh, to, with uh, that's not really directed except to – Uh, uh, Except the scholarships at the New England Conservatory we directed it to the improvisation department
0: sounds great well Rand Blake is still alive and well and still making music and still teaching and uh, his website is his name RandBlake.com and people can find out more and uh, certainly got an inside look at a great artist from you Larry so thank you
1: well I could even tell you more about Rand Blake if you wanted to hear it but we're probably over time as it is
0: give me one more factoid that you wanted to share Bonus. Soirees. Soirees, evening events.
1: Yeah, one of the reasons that he came to Brookline to live from where he was living down on St. Patel Street, which is quite close to the conservatory, is because um, he met a lady who now passed by the name of Dorothy Wallace. She lived over on Chestnut Place in Brookline. And the soirees they had over there were redolent of Vienna, Mozart, and Beethoven. Um, and, you know, Rand's musical, you know, he, un- he knows classical music very well. Um, he's not just a jazz pianist. He's, he's a musician, and uh, he appreciates uh, all of it, so that um, he loved those soirees, and ultimately they uh, developed into workshops over there and he would attend, and Gunther Schuller, I think, would attend, and other people would attend, and it grew, I guess, from Mozart and Beethoven to include other classical composers and popular composers. And uh, he talks of those soirées in loving terms. He talks of Dorothy Wallace, whom I never met, in loving terms. And um, so uh, I think that um, I think that's the other. That's a nice
0: that's a nice upbeat way to conclude a little tribute to Rand Blake. We're going to conclude. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Larry. This has been a life lived backwards, one man's life. The accompanying podcast to Larry Rutman's memoir, A Life Lived Backwards, an existential triad of friendship, inquisitiveness and maturation. You can subscribe and download this podcast available on all podcast platforms. For information on Larry, his books, lectures, and much more, visit the website LarryRutman.com. Also check out the extensive Larry Rutman page on Wikipedia. This is Jordan Rich inviting you to join us again next time as Larry shares more stories about friendship, inquisitiveness, and maturation. On a life lived backwards, one man's life.